Hello, hello, hello. You're listening to the Marketing Chris Podcast. We'll take you on a journey to the world of digital marketing to discover innovative ideas, evocative solutions, and the latest updates in our industry because digital first is the new rule. We are your marketingers. My name is Jim. And I'm Carissa. So let's get the marketing started. Welcome everyone. Welcome Carissa. How are you? I'm very good. I had a great weekend and a very busy one. How about you, G? I also had a good weekend. I had a short staycation at Marriott. So wow. I'm feeling a good a good vibes right now and for this week as well. Um, as you notice, everyone, we are back online from our previous two episodes. We have been on live or in a studio, but now we're back online. For safety reasons, of course, and of course, to produce more content for you guys. Um, I don't remember when was the last time we did our podcast episode, so I feel that it's again pretty new to me, and but it, it's it's nice. So for today's episode, we have a very special edition again because we have a special guest, and not just an ordinary guest, an international guest. So for today's episode, we're calling it adding content creation as a service to your marketing agency. So let's welcome our host, Scott. Hello, Scott. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me. Um, yes, good introduction, and I'll happily share any ideas uh, from uh, international perspective, global perspective, or even just something that's useful for your audience. So uh, happy to answer any questions. You go ahead. Yes. All How right. have you been doing, Scott? Yeah, uh, very good. I think um, obviously you just need to be, uh, as an agency owner and an entrepreneur, you just need to be proactive, thinking ahead. <clears throat> Don't get too comfortable. Uh, always try to you know, be thinking about uh, what could happen and, and anticipate, you know, if you have a lot of competition or even just trying to keep your clients happy, um, retain them. So lots to do. But uh, yeah, I think we, we maybe have a unique approach where um, we do try to do a, a range of things, not just focus on on one aspect. I think that just helps uh, pull in new business all the time. So that's kind of what we do. Yes, cool. Well, we're really looking forward to new learnings and knowledge that we will get from you, Scott. All right, so let's get right into it. So for the first question, Scott, what is content creation and why is it important for business nowadays? Sure. Okay. Well, I guess I could probably mention. So the company that I've uh, started and been working for about six years now uh, is Launchpad, Launchpad Technologies. And essentially that's a marketing agency that's sort of an umbrella just for a range of different services that we can help people out with. Um, it tends to be people that are self-starters, entrepreneurs, or it could be companies that are running some campaigns, but it's just a fairly dynamic, you know, people are um, looking to do things efficiently. Um, so for content creation, uh, you know, my take on it is that it's basically a, a digital experience that relates to your brand uh, products or services, um, but it, mainly it leaves you with a feeling. It's, it's something memorable, you know, it's a little bit different than maybe the older technology or old marketing methods where it's, um, you know, you print something or you... Uh, you know, you distribute it and rely on traditional channels. Like it's really something that hopefully is, uh, it stays within you. You see it once and you remember it and it's, there's a lot more emotion involved. So yeah, it's, it's tricky. I don't think it's well understood by most people. So that's what makes it exciting. Um, it's good to share ideas on, you know, what it means for each person. So. Okay. Uh, content marketing is not new to you. I think you had a previous experience with that. Um, yeah, just for the backgrounder, uh, Scott's company was our client pre-pandemic, and you've been you visited our office 
before and our your team in our company and um yeah we had a lot of experience doing uh what was that the the eating dream oh um is that um uh, uh, fight. Uh, no, yeah yeah we did boodle fight for sure and then we did some kind of jolly bee tasting which was a kind of a fun little studio yeah. experience you know um, yes cultural and just kind of a content creation i mean content creation could be anything right and that's the idea um but uh, from our point of view it's just tying it back we do provide uh, we started providing this as a service it's probably one of the latest things we ended up doing which was you know we can help with lots of different marketing uh, solutions but content is it's a bit scary for people to get into and it's even scarier for an agency because you have to be re relied upon to do it well and uh, to give good advice so um yeah so we did a lot of research and we even tried our own productions so we can uh, learn as well and, and evolve and try to find some new uh, new formats that make it easy for people to do it at home um, yeah so content creation is uh, it, it's as you know a lot of people are doing it already they do it in their personal life and uh, so crossing over into business seems like well you know how can you use TikTok for business and you know should you be putting out regular updates for your, for your business and it really depends on I mean I think the answer is yes of course if you're a business and you actively need to be proactive but there's a right way to do it and there's an inefficient way which probably isn't bringing you any sales and, and it probably is a lot of work as well so I don't know I think from our point of view it's uh it's important to look at what is how do you need to spend your day and um where can you you know how important are new clients and and got to balance the new clients and the existing clients so I'm happy to answer your questions. Maybe there can be some uh, interact interaction after the video in the comments field if people have thoughts about what they're doing. But you know, from our point of view, it's just a strategy. First, it starts about well, what are you doing? What is your your business goal? Um, perhaps even your personal goal within that business. And then from there, um, you got to look at your resources. So who is actually going to be able to do it? Because it's most people, as you know, content. It's easy to start something and then it just drops off uh, and that's the case with most of our clients is that they have maybe can get the energy to put one episode together but then they're not going to touch it for two more years that's just um it's a nice a nice idea but you do need some help with that that's kind of probably where we come in as a service we just ensure that the plan is there but if they need help to to maybe have a continuous even if it's like one a quarter four times a year at least it's regular um so that's very important is to be regular and you know you can find your tone of voice too that's the other thing does it as you know it can be very playful and upbeat energetic or it can just be very simple and short um it's a little bit of a an experience again people are busy so if they can actually just watch your message um, it just gives them some connection so you don't have to keep uh, following up all the time with different uh, you know customer type relations so. Right. Well, it will be a good uh, sign to hear some refreshing take about content creation because as uh, for the audience, as a background refresher, uh, Scott and our agency go way back pre-pandemic and we have been providing services, especially in content creation for them. And of course, it will be a different scene now since after the pandemic, a lot of changes, a lot of updates have happened, especially in the digital world. So would be excited to hear more about it, especially the changes in Australia. So another question is, uh, can you tell us about more about your content creation and the target market there in Australia? Yeah, sure. Okay, so content creation um, in, in our target market, like I mentioned, we primarily work with um, businesses and these are businesses with maybe uh, up to 
10 employees. They don't have, these aren't large companies. So they have, they have to be fairly smart about who's contributing and how they're doing it. We work a lot in the healthcare sector. Um, there's sort of some mom and pop type stores where they've started up like a product and they're looking to, to distribute it and market it. Um, so kind of a, a range, but it all comes back to, uh, I suppose, looking at their sales cycle. I mean, we just, we tend to be quite focused on where's the money coming from and how do you ensure a constant stream of, of new business because that's going to help the, the businesses grow. That's just a simple approach we take to it. Um, and, and nurturing the customer. We use this word nurturing a lot. It's really just a sense of a nice soft uh, ramp up of communications where, um, you know, sometimes marketing, you, you want to shout the big message, but people are so smart these days, they'll just tune that out. Nobody likes to listen to advertising or anything even close to it. So you really have to be gentle and be authentic. And, um, you know, ultimately working with your team, it was helpful from a resource point of view. Uh, we had the, the plan and the ideas, but we needed some people to actually, you know, support the requests customers would want. Even if it's something as simple as, well, I need this video, video edited. Well, you need someone that can have the right, you know, the right touch and make it look a certain way according to your brand. Okay, and then so um, in different in terms of the cultural aspects, um, I, I do think actually because of the social media is so all over the world, I think it starts to blend in. So you'd be surprised. I think what's uh, what's popular or what works in say the Philippines may be quite common and works equally well in Australia or in the U.S. Um, so I think that's just the benefit of having everybody on one platform, and obviously the big giants control everything. So the you know the TikTok algorithm will dictate how things get celebrated and, and Facebook has their own algorithm and YouTube. So obviously there's there's that aspect and I can touch on a little bit later because that was part of our learning about, well, how can you, you know, learn the algorithm and learn these little hacks on how to get more views or get it in front of your, your target audience. But ultimately, I think that's the big thing with content is don't try to chase a, a number. Really understand that as long as you get your message into in front of the right people, that's all that matters. So even if it's you know, 500 views, a thousand views. If it's in front of real prospects, real people that would likely buy from your business, that's a much, that's a very efficient way to do it versus the old world of, you know, maybe handing out flyers or, you know, knocking on the door. So um, as long as people are understanding um, to focus on that, the performance of that, uh, that that's the first step really, to be realistic about how are you going to Get in front of these people and we can talk a little bit about advertising and, and the role that that plays um, you mentioned it at the beginning it's sort of content creation but also ads because that's where the platforms have to make their money right i agree with that because as we all know we're applying the digital first approach in our customers and it's all about being present where the customers are no matter what the customer stage is either on awareness on desire and action you should be present you should be active and you should be available to contact or for communication. Now, I can see that you have a lot of projects going on, and I know that there is the Aussie Ambitions. So can you yeah. tell us how did you come up with it and what was the inspiration for that? Yeah, sure. I mean, that was a that was a fun one to be able to start. And it, it's interesting when you look at what role, how can you contribute? I think really that's one thing we encourage people to do anyway, in life and in business is how can you contribute in some way. There's a lot of different topics out there. A lot of things have been done already. Um, so you can try to maybe do your own version of it. But yeah, I was really surprised that there wasn't anything that was really highlighting Australian aspect of, uh, you know, entrepreneurship and people that are just kind of going 
and trying to achieve things. And you get younger people and older people, older people. There's just a whole world of people that would uh, that we discovered, and it was just a chance to experiment a little bit with the podcasting format. And it was new to us. We had to actually buy some equipment and um, have a space, work on the the workflow of scheduling, and and try to work out how to fit this into you know a more traditional business where you're just sitting at a computer and, and you know working on client um, client services and things like that. To be able to have like a a scheduled environment for filming is is quite different. So um, ultimately, it was a it was kind of a mix of let's celebrate and let's just give uh, a bit of a platform for these these local everyday people that are working hard and, and passionate and just bring that in front of the camera and just see what kind of magic can come from that. And it was kind of neat, like the, the guests really, you could see the glow, like they just, you give them a chance to talk about what they were doing and there's no scripting or anything like that. It's just, a, it's a really organic way to um, give them a format to share. So it's kind of uh, efficient in that way is that you don't have to rehearse or anything like that. They're, they, they've got their pitch down so sharp that you just need to get in front of the camera, turn it on for, you know, five, 10 minutes. So they just have stories to tell. Yeah, I mean, we we would come up with some potential. I mean, it, it helps to have a curious mind. And I think um, myself, I wasn't Australian born. So I'm always interested about, you know, where do people come from and how can what they're doing benefit others in terms of just, um, and a lot of people are curious about what life is, is like here too. So that does help that there's a natural audience for it. But yeah, ultimately it was just a, uh, about um, expanding a bit of a network for us too. It was a chance to look and, and actually offer something for free. That's something I'm a big advocate of is when you want to build new relationships, if you can basically volunteer, you know, a, a little bit of a trial or an experience and then they can see, oh, wow, that was quite enjoyable. And then maybe talk to them about if they want to do that for their own business and so on. So it's a bit of a lead generation as well. Okay, that's nice. I've watched one episode of your Aussie ambitions and yeah, they come from different backgrounds, different walk of, walks of life. And they're just very passionate telling their stories, you know, when you listen to them. So how did you get people to guess on your show? Yeah, that was, um, that was interesting. We actually uh, started very early and it's it, the interesting ones are right at the beginning because that's when you're just finding your, your format. Even if you have a topic and you have a plan and you have a bit of a, an idea, um, you really need to just make it happen. So those very early episodes are quite interesting. Um, uh, and you're just on the lookout. That's the other thing. When you're a host and you're, and you're representing uh, not only your business, but the audience, you're actually having to speak on a, on a regular basis to your, your audience. You're always looking through in terms of who you know or who you've met or so it does force you into a new type of a, a role in life um, constantly like networking not not in a over-the-top way but just in a oh that's interesting that would make a good topic to discuss and so it kind of is, is a neat little approach in that in that sense but we primarily used uh, when it really came down to it was uh, linkedin because we're looking at professionals that are openly showing or showcasing and celebrating what they're working on. So in that sense, it made it fairly straightforward because there'd be a, and they use a lot of hashtags. So it's very easy to search for, if I want to do a topic on cybersecurity, you know, just have a look through the, the feed. So we did use some modern tools, just, you know, essentially social media to find out who's putting themselves out there. Um, we did a lot of looking on Instagram 
as well. So you got Instagram, you got LinkedIn, Facebook, you got Facebook groups. So it is easier than it's ever been to find people in your world. And that is a good exercise anyway, if you're running a podcast or not, if you're looking for clients and you want to build your service or product, um, really that should be the starting point is where are people gathering and how can you just organically participate in that discussion, not selling from day one or not trying to sell a service or anything, just genuine interest and a genuine appreciation for what's going on. I think that's a really gentle way, but uh, a really solid way to do business nowadays. So um, yeah, it was LinkedIn was very, uh, it was a, it was a nice tool because a lot of people don't use it aggressively as like a Instagram's a different story. There's lots of different people trying to buy and you know promote themselves and all sorts of stuff. But LinkedIn is a little bit more traditional, so that was kind of nice for professional networking. Okay, yeah, LinkedIn is a good tool. So, uh, is there any particular podcast episode that struck you the most, and why? Yeah, I, I, I mean, there's definitely so unique because we we set it up on purpose to have kind of all walks of life, people that were early in their career, people that were just trying something like non-traditional, like uh, maybe trying to be an influencer. Uh, we got people that were well-established, like a business, uh, business professional, people that trained for many years um, at the end of their career and looking at other goals. So you really get a sense of... Um, the spectrum of, of what's important to people over their life. And uh, I think overall, the ones that I appreciated were where I could really open my eyes um, I, and where there's a potential transformation there. So the most interesting one, I think, was probably my first, the first episode because it was so, um, uh, so interesting because we found someone that was quite early on in their, in their journey. And looking back now, it's been two years almost yeah, a little bit over two years and you can see how far they've come so this would have been our episode one we had a, a tiktok uh, creator which at the time i think tiktok really was big in asian countries before it came to uh, australia so he's even before it took off in australia and i think he mentioned he had he's getting close to about fifty thousand followers and that was big at the time and he's gone on his name's james longstaff uh, he's doing a very sort of entertainment style content but his goal was really to do that full time and then to spin that into, you know, a money making business. And um, to see him so many years later, he's got almost uh, getting close to a million followers. Wow. So you really see you see the evolution. And and I think there's a lesson there and a, a bit of a model that people can say, look, if you stick to it, it's just a matter of time. And that's probably the number one advice we would give to people in business. So you got to stick to it and then just persist and persist and persist and use the method and pull in the tools and and uh, resources and things but yeah so that was re really exciting to see someone that's um, achieved something and you can tell that their confidence is you know before they were just kind of a little bit they were confident in what they were doing but you could tell it was unproven they didn't know if it was going to lead to anything you know and um, and then now you can even see the rise so I think that's exciting to meet with people at that point in their um, career and then on the other side you got someone that's maybe more of a mature business owner, someone that's done it for many years. And then you you would, you're, you want to learn from all the wisdom, but I found it interesting that they were more interested about, um, uh, even then they were they still had other goals to go. To go. So just when you think they, they've made it and they've got everything they could ever want, there's still other things. So when you have like a passion and, and maybe entrepreneurial spirit, you are always looking to 
to grow, to rise, to evolve. And that was sort of an interesting learning as well. So um, it was, uh, you know, lots of things that, that can come. I guess there's episodes we're going to try to keep that going. It's a, it's a neat concept. Um, I encourage anybody interested to do it. It's a nice, easy one to start in your own, you know, even in your own community. It's just to celebrate uh, people that are doing things. I think that's a nice topic to, to chat about. Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you, Scott. How do you find podcasting or being a podcaster in general? Well, it's definitely a, a growing exercise. So for people that are, um, you know, obviously having some professional experience, you're used to engaging with people and having a discussion. And But you do have to have a little bit of a inquisitive mind. Just be curious to be able to, um, and actually to, list, to listen, to hear what they're saying. Uh, and be able to actually just have a conversation. Um, so it, I think that's practice with anything. But these days, you don't want polished. Uh, nobody really wants to watch perfection and acting and, you know, infomercial yeah. type. So the more just uh, casual, not casual, but I think if you can just be authentic and um, off the cuff and genuinely like express, I think having appreciation for your guests is the number one thing. It's like, hey, look, yeah. I appreciate you coming in and um, I was curious about this and tell me a bit about that and you know if it goes somewhere great if it doesn't you can just move on and let them ask questions too because for them uh, that's you get to see how their mind thinks so yeah, yeah. I think and, it's and, the same thing here in the Philippines because the audience here probably like the most authentic shows or videos that they can see they don't like anything that intimidates them in general so if it's like off the cuff funny or like really informal or not really edited professionally, that would gain more views here yeah. uh, compared to those that are highly produced. It's true. It, it's fun to have a little um, a little backup, you know, a little backup gimmick. And this is again off the cuff. I just got something here. I wasn't planning to bring it, but having like a little prop, for example. Wow. Um, you know, I, is this that? is again, <laughs> to, to, totally random. This is the uh, ambition wheel. So you'd, oh, okay. you'd, you'd spin it and then you'd kind of land on a topic. Um, it just makes it a little bit more interactive. So I think to gamify it is, is fun for people. You, you know, they come in, your guests will be nervous. Like, even if you think you're as the host, you're like, oh, I have to organize this. And the guest will be way more nervous than the host will be. And so your job is to make them at ease. Um, that's Those are just you know, fun things. But I think, yeah, having a little bonding uh activity you know you can call it an icebreaker it's a bit of it gives you a, a little bit make it light for your audience too um, when we did our recordings we were like you know pretty much straight conversation um, it was kind of lighthearted, but you know it's a long format and so I, I don't think there's a big audience for that these days everything needs to be short and uh, that's okay I think that's probably the thing with content creation is what was a format you know you got Joe Rogan podcast three hours with Elon Musk you know three years ago I mean, he's an exceptional guy, so people would still watch that now, but that, those longer formats, it's just uh, people's attention mm -hmm. spans are much, much shorter. So you got to be thinking, okay, like um, really, really, really short formats. And that's something we've, as ourselves, even for myself, I'm looking at, well, how do I grow and get to that next level? Obviously, it's a generational thing. Younger younger people are able to kind of just get in TikTok mode and, and do it. Um, but you know you got to combine the business expertise with the audience and the platform and and that's where um 
I think you can break it down to some simple methods. So just be really clear about the message. And that's one thing we spend a lot of time working on is content is the, the real value is in the message. Just be as clear as you can use as minimal words as you can. All right. Well, speaking of activities, I hope you're ready for our fast talk later, but we'll get into that at the end of the episode. So now I think you also have this new personal project of yours. So can you tell us what is it called and what again is the inspiration for that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so it basically, again, this is on the, trying to lead by example. And I have a real strong belief that people should have balance in their lives. People should, people should be able to live their lives every day, even if you're running your own company and being an entrepreneur. Um, you don't want to leave it too late to experience great things along the way. Um, so it sort of comes off the back of ambition and, and working on something and entrepreneurship. So entrepreneurship is definitely part of it. And the other part of it is um, living your life and having adventures. So the concept is entrepreneurship adventures, those two things together. So we, I've gone to YouTube is sort of the starting point for that. And uh, eventually it'll be like an ebook released, which is basically just a tips and tricks on, you know, how you could do it yourself. But the idea is to live a life that is um, a little bit alternative. So you have to be able to tolerate a bit of uncertainty, a little bit of risk. Um, but as you know, people are a little bit more mobile these days. You don't, uh, in terms of employment, there's the freelancer world. There's, uh, there's a lot of tools that make it possible now. And so I want to kind of celebrate that and just kind of show that people can look at um, businesses and just kind of running your own show. Um, sorry, running your own business, I mean, and do it in a way that you can combine it with your personal interests. So, for example, if you want, if you really love travel, you can mix travel with something, some aspect of business and, and let let the experiences shape where you go with that. So obviously it's a little bit tricky because things are cost money, you need to make money. But yeah, the model is there just uh, I'll go out into the world. We have little adventures and I'll be looking at opportunities and just just share some knowledge, really. Um, if I spot something and I think, hey, this would be a great business idea, I'll just put it out there and it's a freebie. You know, I want people to go out and try things. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of the like a vlogger, enhanced vlogger life, I suppose. Mm. Well, I think it's a very good idea because entrepreneurship and the word adventure are two different things or both at the end of the spectrum, right? So uh, I think that's a good idea. And I believe experience is the best teacher after all, because it's different from learning from just a book or from just a thing that you've listened to. And it's a different learning experience when you actually experience something or experience something new, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, I think the idea of taking risk is sort of like, there's a lot of metaphors in the whole thing, but right. obviously going somewhere new, trying somewhere new, um, uh, business is very much like that. And, and existing business owners would know that things can go very wrong on some days and you have to be able to suck it up and adapt. And I just think it's that maybe it's something for the younger generation to kind of realize that they've got some options there and maybe to share, shape their people that will really benefit. I think is the freelancers, people that are realized they could do something with a skill. And even for people that want to reinvent their careers, you know, as, as you know, the job market's changed quite a bit. Um, it's good to have a, a stable paycheck, but at the same time, uh, you know, you've got to enjoy what you do. And so maybe there's a way to, if you like cooking, you know, maybe there's something in combining. I think content creation always has a place here because you are essentially creating something 
and and sharing it to the world. And that's that's a very very amazing concept that's not going anywhere. And it's uh, it's it's really the fruit is there for people to to go and pick. But to make money from it is of course the the trick. And that's where we'll share. And every I think every uh, every six months it'll be a little bit different. There's always something new. So we'll have to stay on our toes to uh, to find out. So we're coming to the Philippines to look. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's the latest? You know, there's always travel is the big uh, eye opener. I think anywhere you go, there'll be new learnings that people have not yet seen. So as long as there's no secrets, we'll uh, yeah, we want to share everything we see. Mm-hmm. And you put a lot of insights in every travel you do. Like when you, I, I see that you are a very observant person. When you go to a place, you always observe and you not know, tie up with the things you are experiencing right now. That's what I notice about you in your videos. Yeah, I, I definitely know. Like there's, there's, there's the, there's the Mr. Beast style YouTube where he's just over the top and he's like really animated. And perhaps that's a style that that's needed. Um, and that maybe is something for someone else to do. For me, it's just a, I want to be very, try to be very succinct and just try to learn some. Uh, almost like having a coach by your side, you know, a business coach by your side wherever you go. And, you know, and you might not realize when you're at the supermarket and you're trying to pick your, you know, should I should I get that item, that bottle of shampoo or that one? You know, there's little lessons there. And it may seem simple. Uh, I'm, I'm very positive most people don't think that way. But I just, over the years, my brain has been sort of trained to uh, overanalyze things. And it might just be fun to kind of dissect. They're like, well, that's interesting. I didn't realize, you know. I picked that shampoo because it was right in front of my eyes. Uh, the better one, the more expensive one. Uh, I, I mean, you know, there's lots of different reasons, consumer psychology, and um, maybe there's a little lesson in that, in, in doing what you're doing. Mm-mm. That's nice. So, yeah, in terms of, yeah, that's the content creation you're doing. Also, ambitions, entrepreneurship, adventures, the company you have right now for content creation services, it's all about content creation. So, what marketing platforms or channels you use to amplify your message your your projects and your company services yeah it's a good it's a good question we're kind of paying close attention to what is the most efficient um, we still for something that's e-commerce based we do a lot of e-commerce solutions because that's a, that's a natural extension to when you've got some something to sell easily um, it's a digital platform for e-commerce then content creation is very easy to boost some traffic and, uh, and and lead to a sale. Um, I think Google Ads is still very functional, very uh, efficient in terms of, I guess, ROI and return mm-hmm. on ad spend as well. Um, so Google Ads is definitely there. I'm, we're very cautious with uh, social media spending, like uh, Facebook ads and boosting, and it really does depend on the audience, and there's a lot of things happening there. So uh, I think Google is still the, the king in that space. I'm very, very interested in the the influencer market though in terms of how those audiences are very 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 responsive a lot of them you know you got to be careful you got to sort through the fluff of who's actually influential and who isn't but if you can sort that through and there's a lot of emerging companies that are really organized to be able to say here's the track record here's the performance for these brands we spent this money and it led to this amount of sales and clicks and so on so yeah i think influencer marketing is very powerful done you know as long as it's not a scam uh, you got to be able to work with legitimate um, you know, creators. Uh, other than that, um, I do love LinkedIn for business. I think it's kind of a, a really clever way. So it depends on what you're selling and what, you know, what your market is. But uh, 
I imagine that for any marketing agency owners out there, if that's who's listening in, you know, you're gonna have a range of clients that are probably selling to the consumer. And so therefore you gotta think, where are the eyeballs and where are people uh, most, most animated and most um, receptive to your message? So uh, t TikTok of course is very, very interesting. And I've seen some ads come through there and I see some sponsored posts and I like, I like the way I see it because it feels good. Uh, it feels like a really nice, it doesn't feel like you tune it out, even as a consumer. So I just like that that's done. And we're just learning that we don't offer TikTok support at the moment or TikTok services, but we're paying very close attention because um, you can see everyone's trying to copy them. Facebook's trying to copy them. Instagram's trying to copy them. Snapchat's trying to copy them. And, you know, it's just absolutely magic. And I think that's kind of for all the big corporate world that it is, um, it's you can't deny the experience of it. It's very addictive. Um, and somehow the targeting it comes to you. And that's a, it's like matchmaking, you know, the, the interest with the, the relevant product or service. So I think that's pretty, a pretty good fit. It doesn't feel like overly commercial at this stage. Yeah, every pla platform has its own usage, you know, and own target audience. So yeah, I'm very excited to like, I always tell it to um, our founder that Maybe in the future, five years from now, TikTok is what we're going to to use as a major platform for our clients. So we have to really, uh, you know, stand by and observe the platform and jump in, even though you're not an influencer. At least you know what's happening inside the platform. I think so. It's a little bit tricky because it's uh, it's so entertainment based. I mean, really, people are. Um, there's a little bit of inspirational stuff like that you can see on there, but I would at least for, maybe it's just my feed and the algorithm, but it tends to be 99% is like, you know, you pretty much laugh at everything that, that you see. Um, and how does that, how does that, how do brands engage with that? Because you don't necessarily want to be, I mean, you have to be like <laughs> incorporate an element of humor uh, to your brand, which is not so obvious for a lot of companies. You know, if you're a healthcare business, I guess you can, you know, just any business you can, but it's very, very specialized, you know, and yes. I mean, comedy is its own specialized area. So, yeah, we're, like I said, we're paying close attention. We appreciate it a lot. Um, if people have good examples of how it's been done well, you know, what we don't want is for it to be overcrowded with, um, uh, you know, advertisers that are just trying too hard. It just doesn't land well. You know, people have like a bad implementation. Um, it'll be funny, but for the wrong reasons, you know, like mm -hmm. a bad joke. So, uh, but yeah, curious. And as a, as a marketer, it certainly makes it interesting because it's every day something new i mean the trends are so dynamic like just one one week is this trend and next week is a different trend and the next week so it's like very very difficult to be proactive you almost have to think through your strategy very clearly because if you can't commit to it then you almost look bad uh because you just tried something trying to chase uh chase the chase the audience chase the clout um you really have to be centered i think for uh, just so you can have your brand consistency. Of course, brands must be consistent. That's the key. So Jim, what are your thoughts on that? Because I think you're always on TikTok. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I'm always on TikTok. Uh, what I mostly notice for uh, TikTok content creators when they are collaborating or have a partnership with a brand is that they don't really go all out with it. So for example, they release a video you won't notice that it's a brand promotion until the end of the video or when they, when they use subtlety, when they um, me just mention the product. 
and not outright you know hard sell it to the audience so it can still be part of their content it can it can uh, it can still be a part of their video without really promoting too much of the product is that how it is in australia as well yeah and i think the um i think the creators too are actually quite conscious that um they need to respect their audience. So they definitely wouldn't take that risk to try to, even if for a paycheck, they wouldn't do it because um, uh, they, they, yeah, it's their livelihood. So to have something that's not uh, authentic or seems like a bit of a sales pitch, um, I, I don't think there's any going back. Once you start going down that path, your audience mm. realizes, oh, this is what we can expect from now on. And I think they might just move on. So um, it's probably scary. It's a scary balance between how does an influencer try to monetize and uh, you can see it even a lot of YouTube shows that I watch as soon as I see that they're going down that path I just I can't help it I'm like I think that's it I'm gonna I'm gonna move and it's perhaps not fair to them but I just think that someone's in their ear and they're thinking it's just bad advice that there's probably other ways to do it yeah uh, yeah so um, yeah but it, it's it's again fun a fun space it's very dynamic so anybody wants to get into marketing uh, it's a better best time as ever just to be a at least have a, I, I do believe everyone's got a bit of a marketing brain. It's just whether or not you want to be in it as a career, but it's uh, multifaceted. I think you just have to be paying a lot of attention to yeah. what works. So we're down to our last question before our fast talk. So yes, Scott, what brand do you think is doing digital first that you admire most today? Is there any yeah. particular brand that you follow that is doing digital first yeah interesting um yeah i think that there's uh the two ones that come to mind uh, i'll mention it right now so i work a lot with equipment testing out things because in providing marketing and a lot of this content stuff you need the right the right experience the right camera the right audio equipment the right microphone just because without that it can fall over so you just need the bare minimum of what's acceptable for quality um and uh, the company i like a lot is Insta360. I don't know if you, you've uh, heard of them, um, but uh, when I was in the Philippines doing some vlogging, I would walk around with the Insta360 camera. And it's got a bit of a unique look to it. It's a, it's a big, looks like a big like uh, eyeball on the end of a stick. Anyway, so they do some, they do some really unusual stuff because their product is so unique. They really have built this whole digital community around it. Of course, like as a camera, it's kind of like the GoPro. Uh, model, you film something spectacular and they're encouraging people to upload it and share it. And so it's just the whole thing is baked into like absolutely um, a digital experience and sharing and you're really empowering your end user to contribute. So I think that's really, really powerful. So I really like what they're doing. Um, and it's a bit, I guess it's it's wide open. It's they're able to go beyond borders and they're encouraging, even though it's a fairly Chinese driven company. Um, so that, I find that interesting too, to see how they've been able to do international business and uh, they've absolutely smashed GoPros, for example. So Go GoPro is not doing well at all. Insta360 is like stealing their market share and, and it's doing quite well. So yeah, I just think it's it's a fun way to have the product experience and then fed back into um, showing people use the product and you get some spectacular footage and um, and there's not a big barrier to entry. Like they've actually, doesn't cost anything to upload or anything like that. There's no like monthly membership or anything. Uh, barrier. So I think that's a smart thing to do. Um, the other one that comes to mind is actually maybe more of an every, everyday brand for people that are traveling, which is uh, Scoot Airlines. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you heard of Scoot? So yeah. yeah, I was amazed actually to see them 
I remember when they first started launching in Australia, it was like low cost. And people think immediately, oh, this is scary, like a low cost flight. Surely it will be terrible and a bad experience. Um, but to see them, that was like five, five or six years ago, to see them now, and I saw them in Singapore and all I saw were scoop planes, boom, 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 boom. The whole thing is like a, like taking over. And they're of course related and uh, owned by Singapore Airlines, but just the way they do, I mean, it's an airline, it's a flight, it's not necessarily a digital experience, but everything that impresses me from them is digital. So I get um, email communication with some clever like upgrade programs where you can bid uh, to get into business class. It's not a set price, you can just, so it makes it very, very interactive. Mm -hmm. And gamify it's like, it. like okay, gamify it is like you yeah, really exactly. need to bid on that that's uh yeah so it's sort of like uh, name your price you know and you might win uh you know so yeah it's again that's to me feels very digital first where they're thinking uh, the last thing on the in the experience chain is you get on the plane and you have your meal the rest of it is like you know ideas about planning the trip and like extra you know make it make it uh a friendly experience the whole way through, you know, the colors and the, the booking, a lot they've done, like the website interface is really clean. It helps. I feel like they know, they know me as a target user because I'll only fly when it's really cheap. And so they make it very easy to do that. They don't hide it. They don't try to upsell me and, uh, you know, force me into a situation where like, oh, it's not so clear. I don't know if I got the best deal. When I use the website, I absolutely know I got the cheapest price in the whole year. And, and if that's not what I want, then I'll go for something else. But you know, they give you the tools. It feels very transparent. So I like that. I feel like that technology was uh, probably single. I don't know if it was um, Singapore Airlines is corporate strategy or if it's like a more stealth brand within. But uh, yeah, they're very obviously people are getting confident in booking and the, ultimately the customer service experience has to has to um, has to be fulfilled. So it is totally fine and comfortable to be flying on there as well. I mean, um, I don't know about the meals. I again didn't book any airline food, so bring your um, own. That's that's inter interesting. So it, it's um, Insta360 and Scoot. Okay, so G, please do the fast talk. I'm not sure if you if you know it already, Scott. It's very popular here in the Philippines. Goodness, I'm ready. <laughs> I'll uh, I will listen carefully and I will answer as best I can. Well, I just have five questions here, and we call it fast talk because you just have to answer on top of mind. What's on the top of your mind? You don't you don't need to think hard. You know, that's yeah. the first thing that comes to mind. Just answer it. Right? Split second so, of answer. Got it. Are you ready? All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Books or movies? Movies. Coffee or tea? Tea. Top three favorite Filipino food. Oh, so I'm going for sisig. I'm going to go for Jollibee spaghetti and I'll go for the little mango Jollibee pie. All right. So what do you miss most about the Philippines? SM. I like those SM malls where you can just get everything. And I also like the discount malls like uh, where they sell like the gray market goods. I just absolutely love those. All right. And for the final questions, do you follow the digital first approach? Uh, yes, absolutely. We do it. We recommend it. Um, we'll follow your your take on it. I do love what you guys are doing. All right. Thank you very much. Yes. I think that's it. Yes. Uh, do you have any anything else to say, Scott, to our viewers? No, just uh, I encourage everyone to 
you know, explore what it means to them. Oh, there's lots of room. Um, one thing that we didn't cover was basically audio podcasts. Um, I don't know if it's clear, everyone. I was a big believer that to do podcasting, we needed to be visual because it actually forces yourself as the creator to evaluate what you're doing. You can see yourself, you can see how the guest reacts. It's a really good feedback tool for art, like research and development. You can see how, how it, it is. But the audio side of things, um, actually, that's where all of our listeners actually are. So we don't have, we didn't get a large YouTube following because we didn't push and pursue that from a marketing point of view. Um, and, and it only was really celebrated by the, the guests. You know, they would go back and sh share the episode with their audience. And that was a really valuable uh, tool for them. But if, still to this day, we can check our audio metrics. I think that there's a lot less competition. So if you think about learning more about that, you know, monetization is a bit tricky, but if there are listeners, I mean, huge amount of people listening. So you yeah. just, you, know, you wouldn't know until you look at the report. So just wanted to highlight that audio podcasting is, is there. Now monetization of that is not necessarily so obvious and not like you get paid for views, but it's, uh, it's something to explore. Awesome. All right. That's Thank something you, very you will much. remember, audio podcast. Okay. You have just listened to the Marketingers podcast powered by Emerge. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. And thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you're living with bits and pieces of new learnings from your Marketingers. Again, my name is Jim. And I'm Carissa. And together with our special guest, Scott, reminding you that digital first is the new rule. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Now wave goodbye. Bye. Ah.